yo, what's up guys? <laughs> Welcome to Quarter Twins Weekly Review, the podcast with only one question. Why so serious? Ooh. Uh, today we are going to be Topical. talking about every single Christopher Nolan movie ever made. We are going to be discussing each movie in release order. And then at the end, we will rank them after giving our in-depth thoughts. I can guarantee some flaming hot takes. Really? Uh, from uh, definitely on my part. I don't know about your part, but this is this is definitely gonna Excited. upset some people. Excited. Probably. What episode number um, is this? Sixty-three. Nice. Sixty. Is it? Yep. You yeah, got was it. I correct? First, okay, cool. first guess. You got it. <laughs> I lost track. Um, we have a hit TikTok out at the moment. Oh, uh, So go and watch that. Don't we? Um, I spent pretty much my entire day yesterday doing that. Dude, you are a filming uh, master. So there was a lot of editing and um, illegally pulling YouTube clips <laughs> from, <laughs> from YouTube. But, you know, it's fine. If it's on YouTube, um, it's fine. <clears throat> it's on YouTube, it's fine. Yeah. I will put in time codes so you can skip to a single Christopher Nolan movie if you want to. And you can do whatever you want. You can listen to whatever you want for however long you want. And this is the show, Roll the Ad. That we I was just going to say, it sounds like you're teeing up an ad. <laughs> and I was I was like, I wonder where you're going with this, because... This episode is sponsored by NordVPN. Nope. We are not. No, no, no. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan? Christopher, Christopher Nolan. This is it. We're doing it. <clears throat> Tell me um, about him. He's a director. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, so we're gonna just we're gonna talk about all all of his movies in release order. But first, we're gonna just talk about what who is Christopher Nolan? Mm-hmm. What makes a Christopher Nolan movie good? Or what what are what the makes things? A Nolan a Nolan. What are the th- yeah? What makes a Nolan a Nolan? What are the things that distinguishes Nolan from the rest of the bunch? Mm-hmm. Okay. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Well, right off the bat, I gotta say every single movie. Maybe with the exception of uh, Oppenheimer. Well, if we're being honest, the Batman movies uh, are kind of the exception of the rule. I've, I have. This is one of my critical points. I have, yes. To I how have, I feel about these Batman movies. <laughs> I have it's such an interesting. Like, we'll talk about it when we actually talk about the movies, but like, why did he make these movies? I don't understand. They're, they're so far out of his normal. Mm. movie making but my You're main point is my every, language right now everything <laughs> with the everything with the exception of those movies and maybe oppenheimer you can i mean you could probably there's a little bit um my basically what i'm trying to say is there's, there's 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 time bending time manipulation yes. is happening in all of these movies um whether it's flashbacks flash forwards um, characters in the future explaining things that happened in the past while the past is happening, um, literal theory of relativity, um, stories being told simultaneously, but you can't literally tell them simultaneously, so you have to just tell one and then tell it again from a different character's perspective. Um, the movie going backwards. um yep. The movie going forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards. <laughs> um, a lot of times, yeah. Uh, the movie taking place in 
Alaska where the sun doesn't set, so the entire movie is set during the day, but it is nighttime sometimes. You know, that sort of thing. It's mm. all the the um, the theory of time he's very interested christopher in in time yeah. and how it plays into our viewing experience yeah he's talked about it like he's he's just always been obsessed with the the just the existence of time and the concept of concept and kind of the horror of time passing you know mm. he's just obsessed with that the one thing that we that is our ultimate undoing is time. Right. And he's like obsessed with that concept and how it uh, kind of, how it just encapsulates the human experience. Cause everything, everything time is what time wins, holds everything together. Time wins, you know? Yeah. Well, like uh, um, what uh, Michael Caine, which is one of my other points is that Michael Caine is going to be in the movie somewhere, somehow uh, he's in seven of yes, the nine movies. That's true. I believe. <laughs> um, no, a six of the nine. Anyway, um, he says in Interstellar, uh, I'm an old physicist. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of time. Yep. So, I mean, he he's, <clears throat> he's, he's has actors in his movies literally talking about time being this inevitable thing. Yeah. Like Jordan at the beach, you know? That's like, right. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> That was good. Yeah. Um, and then I have um, my B point is an interesting premise followed up by a twist on that premise. And then my final thing is um, bad sound mixing. He has trouble yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, volume. Sometimes the soundtrack yeah. is louder than the uh, people talking. Sometimes and often, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in, in, yeah, in most of his movies, yeah, for sure. Okay. Especially in that, like, action-heavy... Well, not even action-heavy, because a lot of times it's the dialogue scenes where you're like, I cannot hear what they're saying. Right. Christopher. 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 Yeah, I uh, uh, mimic what you said about all of those things. Um, Thanks. For me, one of the things he... He's not one... There's this, like, stereotype of, like, quote, uh, good cinematography where it's just it's a still shot like it's a long it's a long take mm-hmm. it's not, not not a long take but just a a shot that holds on to something for a long time people see that and they're like wow good cinematography yeah. Christopher Nolan doesn't like and I noticed this again watching all of these movies he doesn't hold on shots very long in general mm-hmm. um like he doesn't really do huge long sweeping establishing shots he has establishing shots of course he does do it in batman um, when batman's standing on things yes he'll do yeah, a little twirl around sort of him thing. but that's about it and um and also his action directing is very quick cut editing um it's very close quarters not like your john wicks where the camera pulls back a lot and you can just it just holds on John Wick killing a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um he's very like close quarters, quick cuts, bing bang boom, this sort of thing. Bing bang uh, which is not my favorite style of action to watch and I think that's what holds some of his action heavy movies back for me personally. Mm. Um his Batman movies for example. Yep. Uh very and the the choreography well, in those movies is also pretty uh poor. It's rough. Yeah. But it's not always a bad thing. That's just, you know, part of his style is um, 
his uh he has very intentional cuts and editing and and uh well we'll get to it we'll get to it um some of these movies have that more than others so yeah so yeah we're just going to go through all these in release order give our thoughts on them uh and then we'll rank them at the end so mm-hmm. the first one i should have wrote 1997 right i think should have written the year down i have i have following at 1998 1998 following all mm-hmm. black and white uh if, if i understand correctly he you know this this movie was sh- uh made with a six thousand dollar budget which is like pennies yeah um and 60, it's all black and white pennies. and he was like he didn't have a major studio behind him so he just like had to shoot it on weekends with his friends who acted when they were free um, yeah. so it took him a really long time to make it um but he made it and it's uh it's pretty good uh, yeah. yeah, I uh, I watched it kind of in in and out of sleep, so I'll let you kind of give the yeah. Let me let me give take a, a just a quick rundown of what happens in this. Yeah, one. so uh, our dude, the main character, I think is what is his name, Mark Will. I don't remember. Sometimes um, Christopher Nolan doesn't name his characters either. Yeah, he, so. yeah, he might not even have a name. Um, he, our main guy. Uh, is like a struggling upstart writer. He wants to be a writer, but he's not good at it. Um, so he, in an attempt to learn how to write better, he starts following people around New York City. So he'll he'll just choose somebody, follow them, see where they go, try to learn the intricacies of the normal man, you know? And he, yes. he explains to the police officer, because he's... Uh, at the at the beginning of the movie, we find out he's uh, being interviewed or interrogated, whatever, what have you, mm-hmm. about whatever he did, uh, which we haven't got to yet. He, um, he he talks about all the rules he had. He's like, you know, I never follow the same person twice. I I never write down where they live or never follow women you know, or children. Yeah, That's never right. follow women or children into alleys. Um, nothing that would be any more suspicious than someone who happens to be walking along the same path that day. Mm-hmm. Right. So he, 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 you know, in his own weird way, it's like, he understands like what he's doing is wrong, but it's sort of like a noble, like it's for the arts, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he also then explains like, he started following this one woman <laughs> and he followed right. her multiple times. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, he guys. followed this one dude multiple times. Yeah, he, he broke his own rules eventually. Um, it led him to an interesting dude with a briefcase. He was like, oh, I'm going to catch this guy handing off this briefcase to some other dude or something. Um, mm-hmm. Turns out this guy's a burglar. He saw him following him, and he trains him yeah. in the ways of burglary. Um, <laughs> burglary. Burglary. In an attempt to get him into a desperate situation where he would try to burgle a specific place and then they steal the money off of him, and he takes the fall, and they lose absolutely nothing. Yep. He also falls in love with the girl he's following, and she's with the dude that trained him how to burgle. And that's like one of the big twists, is that they yes. were in on it the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a pretty... I feel like this is like a... It's a simpler movie. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like... He's not it's his first one. You yeah, know. he's not doing anything too crazy here, but it's like he's got like a fun twist. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, and it, there you is know? some like memento style, like it'll cut to just a completely out of sequence shot of him, like, like on the ground, like coughing up blood in a rubber glove. And you're like, what is that? And then I'll go back to what he was doing previously. And it'll be like, yeah, oh, that's weird. <laughs> you're like, why did so we it just definitely see that? has that, yeah, d- that Christopher Nolan time, uh, non linear, yeah, flair to it. Absolutely. <clears throat> Yeah, it's it was, short too. It's a very short movie. Yeah, it was like what, um, maybe an hour and a half at most. Yeah, if that. Yeah. So came Memento. Memento and I with think, Guy Pierce. I think probably Memento probably put him on the map for sure oh, yeah. for a lot of people. I was obviously not on the Memento train. You um, were a beb. <clears throat> I was a baby, um, and I just watched it this last month. Yeah. Um, Guy Pierce plays. Boring guy. Uh, boring guy. No. What's his character's name? Um, Leonard Shelby. Leonard. Yeah, Leonard. He plays Leonard. Leonard is the hey, man with, <laughs> with short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't hold a memory for too much longer than like maybe five seconds, ten seconds. I don't know. <clears throat> it's short-term. Yeah, short, very short. Uh, and yeah, you you explained kind of the the plot of the movie. He His wife had been raped and killed by John G, uh, which he finds out. And um, Carrie on Moss is in it as this girl who he meets at some point in... I saw, I saw, I've only seen it once. I feel like I would be able to... I would probably like it more than I did at the second time around because you can yeah. <laughs> kind of follow it better because uh, it is very, very much nonlinear. Yeah. Uh, the first shot of the movie is he looking at the the <laughs> a dead body and it's reversed the bullet exiting the body going back into the gun mm-hmm. right is that what it is or it's him taking a polaroid it's something like think, that i don't the think polaroid there's ever goes into actual the... reverse time except for like the first shot of the movie he's I like think it's putting... that first shot yeah the bullet goes back into the gun or something maybe i don't remember and then it's kind of the story there's parts of it in color, there's parts of it in black and white, and you're kind of piecing it together as it goes along with the added conceit of this man who has memory loss, so it's even more difficult for you to follow, uh, which isn't a bad thing. It's very intriguing, and mm-hmm. the movie itself didn't ever bore me. Like, I was I yeah. was, I was hooked. Uh, I was, I loved the, like... Because it'll like, he kind of goes back and forth where he'll show you a scene in color. He'll cut to black and white and he'll be, he's talking on the phone to this person on the other end of the phone. And then it'll go Mm -hmm. back to color and you're a few minutes before the scene that happened two scenes ago. Yeah. And you see what happened leading up to that. And there are like a few reveals that happen in those things. My favorite one was when he is talking to, you see the scene where he's having a, where Carrie Ann Moss comes into the house and she's beaten and bloodied and she's like, why did you send me to go talk to this guy? Uh, he beat me up and all this stuff. <clears throat> and you're like, oh no. Um, you're like, oh no, that sucks. Uh, and then a few scenes happen and you go back to that scene and you see what happened before that and she uh, basically is like, basically provokes him and is like, being like, you're so dumb. Why are you so stupid? And your memory sucks, man. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> Loser. And until she provokes him to smack her in the face. Mm-hmm. And then she like, she just goes outside, gets in her car, slams the car door 
and in that time while he's kind of like trying he's to struggling. write things down yeah. uh, to remember them, uh, he doesn't get there in time and she just walks back in. He forgets and they have this conversation where she switches the narrative. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's sick. I like that yeah. a lot. Because um, it's like at the beginning of the first time you were at that scene, he you can see him struggling to remember something. And yeah. then she slams the car door and it jerks him out of what he's trying to do. And then it's just gone. Yeah. Right, whatever he was trying to remember, it's gone. So then yeah. we see her, and the scene plays out. But then the first time we watch it, she's like arguing with him, and a bunch of times she says like, "You don't even remember this conversation. I could do whatever I want to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say whatever mm-hmm. I want. You idiot loser." And uh, <laughs> like he he punches her, and she's like, "Gotcha." Uh, exactly what I wanted. I'm going to do yeah. this to you now. I'm literally going to go back in there and do what I'm about to do. And yep. then she leaves and she's like watching him struggle inside. And you also, when she gets in the room, in the, the second time you watch a scene where you're watching the beginning, she's in there. She steals all the pens in the house. Mm-hmm. She like grabs yeah. them all so he can't find a pen to write down anything. Um, yeah. So she she has the whole plan, right? And she's walking back out to her car and she's looking at him like, uh, and she slams the door and then you watch him like look up and see her in the car and then it cuts to the next scene or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, dang. Like he forgot. Yeah. <laughs> he forgot this thing that happened. Yeah. It just happened. It must he suck. It. it must suck for him. <laughs> yeah. So it, um, it was fun. Um, and as I, I talked about it a little bit already, um, but in case you're clicking around using the time codes, uh, wow. I'll explain it again. Um, he he did kill John G. Um, in the past, he he killed the actual one that that did the act, and then uh, this guy Lenny, who just so Lenny. happens to randomly also be a John G. Um, starts manipulating. Wait, he's not Lenny. He calls Leonard Lenny. His oh, name sorry. Is... Yeah, you're... Teddy. Teddy. It's Teddy. Yeah. Yes. Teddy. But his name is like John Goldman or something like right. Yeah. Um. So he's also he's like oh heck I'm a John G. Um. Uh, which is why he you know he, he ends up getting. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. The idea is like Teddy starts manipulating this guy mm-hmm. into doing drug deals and whatever random other stuff he wants him to do mm-hmm. um, because he has short-term memory loss, and all you have to do is guide him towards a John G, and he'll do whatever you want. Yeah. So it's like you, he kind of pieces it together and uh, eventually kills that guy. He kills another dude. His name is John G. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a interesting little... The way that the movie is presented to you going backwards, you kind of yeah. are able to have short-term memory loss because you don't remember what has already happened because you haven't mm-hmm. seen it happen yet because the movie's presented to you end to beginning. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the most interesting part of it is that yeah. as you're watching it, you kind of under you start to understand how you're supposed to watch the movie and how you're supposed to piece it together. Um mm-hmm. and it's a lot more interesting being able to watch the movie about a guy with short-term memory loss while it makes you feel like you have short-term memory loss. I think that that was fun in, in terms of like what actually happens in the plot. It's pretty simple and not that interesting, but the premise and the twist on the premise is what grips a lot of people. And I think, um, 
if you look online for like movies with the best twist endings, I'm sure Memento is at on or near the top of all those lists. Um, personally, it wasn't the most insane twist I've ever seen. I think the most insane twist is just that he's killed a John G already. Um, right. But we watch him like piece together a murder that's about to happen yeah. while knowing that he already <clears throat> killed the guy that he's working with. I don't know. Yeah. My favorite twist in it is when, because the whole movie he's like, he's telling people about his friend, I forget his name, but remember this guy who had Sammy the same, Jenkins. Sammy like Jenkins, yeah. Uh, Sammy Jenkins, who had the same condition, and he, like, you're seeing this memory of Leonard talking through this whole process with this man and his wife. His wife is like trying to figure out how to get insurance or like uh, insurance money because she has to take care of this guy with short-term memory loss and they're trying to figure out all this stuff. And they're trying to find like some sort of medicine that will help him or like, oh no, no, no. He's, his wife needs medicine of some kind. I forget what it is. Um, anyway, how it, the, he, you're shown this kind of story, this B plot where Sammy Jenkins, like, uh, and his wife is trying to get him to remember. And she's like, okay, maybe I can get him to remember if like I get him to, cause she thinks he's faking essentially. He, she thinks he's essentially like making this up. Yeah. Uh, so she thinks she can get him to. Uh, come clean and remember things if like she starts asking him to give her her medicine over and over again because she knows if she gets too much she'll die yeah and so she's trying this and then she realizes like he's just going to keep doing this until i die and she dies yeah but then the twist is which and this is what's so good about this movie is you're not really sure what to believe because at the end teddy's teddy says like you made this whole story about sammy jenkins up like this, like you, you are Sammy Jenkins. You killed your wife. Mm. Nobody killed your wife. You're the one who did it. You're just out for this revenge for no reason, essentially. Right. Um, and you're not really sure if to believe him, but I was like, whoa, that's hardcore. Crazy. But then business. I didn't really think about it too much after yeah. that. <laughs> I was like, ah, meh. yeah. It's like no, too maybe, many, too many questions. I was like, maybe whoa. if I watched it in 2000, um, when I was uh, one years old. I could get yeah. into it a little bit more, but um, the the hype is lost on me for this one, personally. I mean, it was too, fun, yeah. and I enjoyed it, but I don't know. I'm, it's not going to be like, a, oh, let's, guys, let's watch Memento. Yeah. You know? Like, it was it was really fun to watch. Like, it, was, it wasn't boring. Like, it was so intriguing. Like, probably, like I said in my review, I was like, it's probably a masterpiece, but at the same time, like... I didn't really enjoy Guy Pierce's performance that much. Like people talk about his performance is so good. I was like, he's kind of boring to watch. Uh-huh. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I, it's really good. I think that's, I was going to say this at the beginning, just disclaimer. All of these movies are incredible. Really good. In my opinion. I mean, like all these movies are good. Let's say that <laughs> even the ones I don't really like that much. I think they're good. Wow. Uh, they're, they're pretty good. Um, so it's not like I don't like this movie. It's sure. just, uh, it's, it's not I mean, I, I agree with the, the exception of, of one list, film. You know? Yes. Okay. I don't know which one that is. All right. I hope you should. You should. <laughs> um, okay. And then we're going to move on to Insomnia, which is the... Oh, okay. You didn't it, like this one. It is the third 
it's the one of the three movies I hadn't seen of his filmography already. We had seen all the other ones already. Uh, these are the three that I had to watch. His first three. Uh, mm-hmm. This Insomnia is the Al Pacino is a cop movie, which yeah. is goes against his classic mafia man role. Yep. I'm assuming that he takes more often than not. Um, this is my first time ever watching an Al Pacino movie. I thought he was pretty good, so uh, I need to watch some more of his stuff. Goodfellas, I think he's in. Uh, is yeah. he in? De- is he in The Departed? I don't know. Maybe I, I watched that movie you. one time. I know Jack Nicholson is in that movie. He is. Anyway, um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I like how, um, like I totally understand the plight of it's always sunny outside, um, yep. in Philadelphia. Uh, just kidding. In Alaska, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, where the sun never sets, literally. And so he's like, oh, well, let's go to the school right now uh, and get him because it's daytime. And they're like, dude, it's like 5 p.m. Like, you idiot. (laughs) And he's like, what? You know, so like you idiot. It's like in a perpetual state of like dusk and dawn all Mm -hmm. at, at the same time, all the time. And so he's just like constantly struggling with it's bright in my hotel room. I can't sleep and so he starts he's starting to like kind of go crazy while he's solving this crime mystery um insomnia he has insomnia as you would say as you could Mm -hmm. say and then uh, you have robin williams here who is a pervert creep murderer he's an author uh, in the movie uh he's also an author yeah and um he's like you're starting to have visions aren't you Mm mm-hmm I had them too. Mm-mm. And he had, You'll you know, get used to it eventually. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the the idea is we have this in, this uh, threat of insomnia, right? And then we also have um, Robin Williams killed this guy. He's got to catch him, right? And then they have yep. this big shootout. Well, Robin Williams the, killed. I'm killed a girl, a high school girl. Yeah, yeah. That's he why he's high, there. Yes. So they have this stakeout because they they think. They like they do a press release where they say they know they found the body or something. Yeah. Um and she so she left her backpack at this house. Right. It's her backpack. So he goes Or they're looking for the backpackers. Anyway. They said they found the backpack. Yeah. So then they have evidence or whatever. So Robin Williams goes back to the hut where he killed her and they have this big shootout and things go chaotic and they get found out before he's like easily caught and he starts to slink away and the fog bank comes in and everybody's shrouded in the fog. And in the scene before this, Al Pacino's partner threatens to uh, testify against him in court because he... Mm -hmm killed some drug dealer or something and it's going to ruin his reputation and all the people he's ever put away during his entire career all these mafia bosses and stuff yep. are going to get out scot-free because he he like killed somebody or paid a drug dealer or something to plant evidence or whatever it was right it was a uh, it was a similar situation where this this guy had killed um a girl or something and there wasn't enough evidence to convict this guy. Mm. And so he had a choice to like 
essentially like he had to make a choice where like I can I can just kind of let this guy die or let him go free mm-hmm. and he didn't want to let him go free so he like kind of he bent the law to get this guy right he planted evidence get this guy or dead something whatever he did right yeah and so if it comes out that this is what happened then all the people he put away for his <clears> whole <throat> career are going to go free and that's really bad but the partner of Al Pacino is like, I'm going to go to jail or lose my career or whatever if I don't come clean. So I'm going to come clean, bro. You suck. You loser. And he's yep. like, I hate you. Like, why would you do this? You're going to ruin my life. You're going to ruin a bunch of other people's lives. All these criminals are going to walk free because you're selfish and you won't uphold the law, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Um, and so in the fog bank during the shootout, he sees, Al Pacino sees somebody. He thinks it's Robin Williams. Uh, who's the murderer? He thinks it's the murderer in the raincoat, and he shoots him. And then he Bang. gets closer, Bang and it's his partner. <gasps> so his partner's like, oh my gosh, you killed me? You killed me? And then he dies. <laughs> Bro! He's like, are you serious? Get away from me. Are you serious me. right now? Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> and so now the movie is solve a murder while covering up a murder. And so he has yeah. to like... He's like trying to plant evidence on the actual murder to cover up his own tracks. And it's like yeah. they, they have to work together, but they're also working against each other. And it's like, ooh, it's like, ooh. Um, yeah, it's so that, great, dude. Yeah. I loved it so it much. It was really awesome. And Hilary Swank is in it. I really like Hilary Swank. Swank. She might be one of my favorite uh, actresses. Uh, she's great. Have you seen I Am Mother? Good time. I have not. Good movie. Um, that's definitely not like a notable Hillary Swank movie, but that's like one of the only other ones I've ever seen. So that's what I'm going to draw on. But she, I mean, she was good yeah, in the yeah. movie. It's just not her most popular movie. It's a Netflix movie. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this one, I hadn't seen it either until we did this. Uh, and I, this is probably the most notable watch for me in this in this whole thing because i was like wow this movie is really good or at at the very least it worked really well for me personally like i like a murder mystery and i hadn't seen this one and i like a christopher nolan murder mystery because this was really good and i i loved the the thing the kind of time manipulation uh aspect of his filmmaking in this one the opening shot uh you're watching the opening credits essentially over uh, you're watching like this white fabric that's like being soaked in blood. And then you see this image of a man <clears throat> scrubbing blood uh, off of a shirt is what you think at first, which I just remembered how this plays into the thing. Uh, you think you keep, you keep getting shown this footage of a man scrubbing blood off of a shirt. Mm-hmm. And then at the end it's revealed that this is Al Pacino putting blood onto a shirt to get this guy convicted for mm-hmm. this crime. So he's planting evidence. And I was like, well, that's dope. Right. That's a cool reveal. It's simple, but it's a, it's a great reveal. Um, <clears throat> I love the aspect of insomnia, right? Right. Um, there are a lot of good, like, I think this, this is one of my favorite Christopher Nolan movies for his editing. Like, oh, there's yeah. so many good, the aspect of it constantly being daytime there's so many just great editing choices where you never you're never sure what time of day it is you're never sure how much time has passed from the beginning to the end of the movie so you're kind of in this state of insomnia with Al Pacino and mm-hmm. it like 
you you have this kind of sense of just unease because you're like you don't have any frame of reference for where we are in a in a time frame, you know? Right. <clears throat> um, yeah, insomnia and paranoia and this sort of thing, like how he kind of he's he's kind of losing his mind while he's trying to cover up a murder while solve a murder, mm-hmm. and he's like planting evidence and trying to like he plants evidence and he's like, oh, I should not have planted that there. Because uh, yeah. Robin Williams knows about it, I gotta go back, and then they're there, and he's like, he's gotta get it. Uh, it's wait, wait. this is really good. Yeah, uh, Robin Williams is in it as the villain, right? This mm-hmm. evil, evil killer guy, uh, which is not a role you would expect him to play. Absolutely, but I no. thought he was he was so good and scary. Mm-hmm. And I wrote in my <clears throat> in my letterbox review. Nice. Um, he's so us, just like he's just so normal, scary. Mm-hmm. That it was more scary than if he was like a Jared Leto, like I'm evil type yeah, of person. He's you just know? like a dude. Like and that's he, what's like, scary. He's playing a character that exists many times over in our real world. Like there are so many people like this guy, probably, mm-hmm. you know? And that's like, what's almost so scary about him. Almost didn't know he was capable of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when he talk, he like is on the phone with Al Pacino talking about how he killed this girl, and he's just like, yeah. she was laughing at me. I I wanted her to stop, so I, I just I stop. just punched her in the face a bunch of times. So I, so I just I hit her until she stopped laughing, and actually she stopped breathing also, mm-hmm. and she actually died. Turns out I killed her, and I was like, whoa, whoops, <laughs> whoa. my bad. Oh, I kind of liked it too. That's weird. Oh. Yeah. I'm glad I. There was just a I sense write a of book ease about I felt. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I just it was just really, it all really worked for me. I really liked that movie. Uh, I liked it a lot more than some of these movies, which is going to mm. upset <laughs> some people probably. <laughs> all right, time because usually we should say it's usually like at the bottom of people's Nolan's list, like Nolan really? lists. Yeah, people don't like Insomnia in general. Why not? Like they're like, it oh, it's boring. Uh, it's like meh. It's like, it's not interesting mm. enough, whatever. It's well, not people, interstellar, which it's not interstellar. I mean, yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not interstellar, but it, it, it's really good. Okay. Yeah. Now to the, it's this one. For <laughs> the, uh, okay, so Christopher Nolan has uh, transported to, from movie maker to filmmaker, mm. right? He, he's, now, he's now reached... Um, notoriety. Okay, he is a famous director. He's got mm-hmm. money now. He's got budgets now. He's got <laughs> studios now. Okay, and all of a sudden it goes from like, uh, from the studio that brought you following. It's from Christopher Nolan. Yeah. All right. And I think, if I can just interrupt, I think what you're talking about now is probably what happened after The Dark Knight. Because I think he wasn't quite to that level yet mm. with Batman Begins. Because I, if I can bring the the DC film perspective, as I often do, this uh, Batman Begins was what what year was that? Two thousand six. Batman Begins hit us up in two thousand five. Two thousand five. So DC, there hadn't been a Batman movie since Batman and Robin, the George Clooney one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, the one that's infamous for the bat nipples and all yes. of this stuff. 
Um, and so they hadn't made a Batman movie in quite a few years, and they were ready to do something new, to reboot. And mm-hmm. so they're looking for directors. And I think the story goes, um, Christopher Nolan just kind of waltzes into the DC offices and gives him gives them his pitch. And it's like a really simple pitch. And he's essentially just like, if you guys trust me, I will make movies for you that will make you a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And and they were like, all right, let's Ooh, do it. Cool, I guess. So, so yeah. And then what you're talking about, he's kind of shot to stardom with, with mm-hmm. Batman Begins. And when I, when I, when I was saying is basically like these first three movies feel like uh, indie movies. Yes. Yes. And then we, we, uh, as soon as we hit this point, I feel like all of Christopher Nolan's and, and I'm not saying this in a bad way at all. I feel like they all look the same. Like they have oh, yeah. this, this like this they polish do, to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they suddenly elevate to like they are clean, they are crisp. We we've jumped up a gear is what I'm I'm meaning yeah. to say. He yeah. shoots on film, so yeah. they all kind of and I did notice that like they all have a very similar look and feel to them, mm-hmm. Tan, a tangible nature to them. Yeah, yeah. Nolan, Nolan. Um, so Batman Begins, it's the first Batman bo- movie. It's got Ra's al Ghul in it. I yep. I don't know, man. Do we need to talk about I'm the with Batman you. movies? <laughs> I, we don't need to stay on them for long. But let me just can I'll give my I'll give my spiel about the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Okay. Okay. Hit me with the really spiel. quick, just really quick. I think <clears throat> here's what I think because you you kind of our our little teaser you kind of hinted at like why did he make these movies and I yes. genuinely think like I'm not saying that he wasn't. Like passionate about the character, I don't. I actually don't know if he was that passionate about Batman because I think like there's this phrase "one for them, one for me" or "one for me, one for them." Right? It kind of mm-hmm. goes this two ways, and I I'm I'm pretty sure that the Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy was kind of his three for them, you know, mm. because after if you look at if you look at this list here of all the movies that he made, like after the Dark Knight. After the Dark Knight comes out, he gets to just basically he gets to do whatever he wants. He gets to he gets the pu- these huge budgets to do whatever he wants. Right. Um, and so I think he was just like motivated to like okay, I need to make these movies that one make me a household name that everybody will know, and two give studios the confidence in me so that they can give me money so that I can make freaking Interstellar. Right, guys. Yeah, I need go. to make actual movies now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. I don't think any of the Dark Knight trilogy movies are bad, okay? But I don't like them. <laughs> I just don't like them very much. I don't like pretty much everything about them that revolves around the character of Batman. I do not like. I don't like the suit. I don't like Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. I don't like him as Batman. I don't like the voice. I don't like the Batmobile, the gadgets, the planes. Uh, I don't like any of it. I think it's all just not what I want in Batman movies. Mm. And that's that's extremely subjective, okay? That's just me being like, I have what, if you want to know what I want, I want the Robert Pattinson Batman movie. That everything he does in that yeah. movie is what I want. And Gritty. these are very much just not that, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's just not my chosen interpretation of the character of Batman, okay? Yeah. Uh, and I just don't think... They like I think they're the least 
Nolan movies of his Nolan movies, you know? Yeah. Like they I, just I don't would agree. Feel, they feel like normal he, movies. Yeah, he it doesn't I don't feel his passion for like film in yeah. these movies. Like I think they're all pretty good in their own right. Even The Dark Knight Rises, which a lot of people don't like. Like I think that movie is is pretty good and interesting in a lot of ways. Um but Batman Begins specifically since we're on it, I don't know if I will ever watch it again. I just I don't feel that drawn to it. I don't find it that interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't find myself wanting to go back to it. Um, but yeah, it's the first Batman movie. He goes to the League of Shadows. Raza Ghoul is there as Liam Neeson. He goes, uh, I I don't have to kill you, but that I can't kill you, but that doesn't mean I have to save you. And then he kills him. <laughs> yeah. So it's like okay, interesting choice. Yeah. Anyway, it's whatever. I think I like Hero. They're fine. Here, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a positive note for Batman Begins. Mm. I like the concept of fear, and learning how to deal with your fear and conquer your fear. Yeah, yeah. And there's that. And the bad guy literally uses like, fear, right? So like, it's like a whole. That's thing. kind of what I'm saying. Where it's like, I think on their own, they're pretty good films, but I think because these are the only three of in this list where he's like working with. Like, he, he has Oppenheimer, and, like, the prestige is based on a book, and, like, he's working with source material, but mm-hmm. Batman is source like, material that like has studios. been used over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and so there's... Bat, his Batman movies are the only ones with, like, one-to-one comparisons and, like, right. a lot of scrutiny to them. Um, so I don't think... I just don't think they hold up in that kind of light. But, yeah, I think they have good themes and, like great performances which we'll talk about yeah. in the second one um but yeah there it, batman begins is okay okay <clears throat> now onto the prestige 2006 um i gotta be honest this one and i let me just preface this <laughs> is, it's a good movie mm. it's been a long it's been a, at least two years since i watched this one uh, i didn't get a chance to rewatch it for this so you're gonna have to take the lead, dude, on this one because I, I know you it. like it. Because David I Bowie is it. Nikola Tesla. <clears throat> That's all I remember. He definitely is, and Andy Serkis is his little butler man. Yeah. Um, I had seen The Prestige once before, and I rewatched it for this, and I was surprised how much I really loved it. Um, I I th- like I've talked about in vague terms how I don't in general enjoy period pieces for whatever reason, like. I'm not drawn to movies that are period pieces, like that are set in like early America. I don't know why. It's just not it's not my chosen vibe. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, <laughs> just in general, it's not. It's like war movies and that sort of like period piece are just not what I. I I'm scrolling past them on streaming services. You know, I'm, like I'm scrolling. A, I like past a good war things. movie. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you've I never been to war, but <laughs> fair. <laughs> Only people have, who have been to war can like war movies now. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed the Prestige. I think it's my favorite. I haven't put much thought into this, but I think it's my favorite Christian Bale performance. Mm. Um, because okay, spoilers again. We're gonna spoil this movie. Yeah. Christian Bale plays two characters in this movie. He plays Borden and Borden. He's playing twins. Okay. Mm-hmm. And 
Okay, brief plot synopsis. Oh. Uh, you got it's early America. Don't remember the year it's supposed to be set in. Uh, the light bulb is around. Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla are battling it out for electricity and this sort of thing. That's the time period we're in. Yeah. Um, there are not TVs, right? So we got to be entertained by something, right? So we're we're going to theaters to watch magicians. Mm-hmm. Here, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I, thought you were, I, I was I thought doing you were magic. Raising your hand. No, <laughs> I was doing, doing magic. magic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got to go see magicians do stuff. Uh, so like magicians are like the top of the entertainment ladder. Mm-hmm. Like this is the this is the biggest thing. So you got Hugh Jackman playing Angier, uh, a French American. I don't know his his name sounds French, but he sounds very American. Uh, he's playing a musician, a musician, a musician, a musician. <laughs> Uh, Christian Bale is playing a magician. Um, and they start kind of as young contemporaries, like colleagues, basically, who kind of work in the same theater company with Michael Caine, who's like this older seasoned magician, mm-hmm. uh, which is, he's called, a, they're called sponsors, which are like kind of their managers that help come up with and supervise their tricks. Right. Um, and so at the beginning of the movie, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale are kind of working together in this theater company, Hugh Jackman is married to one of the stagehands, like the the ladies that dress up in the, the lovely ladies. dresses, the lovely ladies that get sawed in half and stuff. Yeah, and their big trick is the the lady gets lowered into, uh, she gets her arms and legs tied by Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, who are plants in the audience, and she gets uh, hoisted up and lowered into this tank of water, and she has to escape before she drowns. Right, and that's the right. magic trick. And there's, she's supposed to, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman are supposed to tie knots that are easily escapable for this trick to fool the audience. Right. Um, and Christian Bale is like, I can do this cool knot. I can do a really cool knot that will impress people. <laughs> right? I can do this cool like, knot. We already have a knot that works. And the girl's like, yeah, do it. That'll be fun. A challenge. Because they're just kind of in the monotony. Like, we're doing this every night. It's whatever. Right. So she gets lured in the tank, and she can't get out, and she drowns. Oh, my God. And Christian Bale is essentially responsible because he ties this knot that she's not used to. And Hugh Jackman's like, you killed my wife! You killed he my doesn't wife! Actually, he doesn't actually act that angry about it. He's just kind of like, you killed my wife. What knot did you tie? What knot did you tie? Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of through the whole movie. He's trying to figure out, what knot did this guy, what did he? What knot did he use? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what knot he used. A bowling? Um, a square? So that's the, that's the inciting incident that sets these guys at odds, and they're enemies. They're battling magicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hate each other. Uh, Christian Bale hates Hugh Jackman because he killed his wife. I mean, Christian Bale, I don't know why he hates Hugh Jackman so much, but well, throughout the whole movie, they're going back and forth. They doesn't, hate each other. Uh, doesn't Hugh Jackman, like, shoot him? He does, yeah. <laughs> Later in the movie, uh, Christian Bale. Borden I don't think Christian is doing really this. cared that much until he got shot. Yeah, that was part of the part of the issue, part of the beef. <laughs> He's doing this trick called the bullet catch or whatever, and there's like he puts a bullet in a gun, but he doesn't actually put a bullet in a gun, and then he it's in his hand, he catches it. Well, mm-hmm. uh, but then Hugh Jackman's there. He's wearing a fake beard, and he goes in there and he puts a bullet in the gun, and then he just shoots <sighs> his hand off. He shoots a couple fingers off of Christian yeah. Bale. Um, and then 
Hugh Jackman is essentially trying to figure out how he can beat Christian Bale for the title of best magician. So he mm-hmm. goes to Nikola, Nikola Tesla and is like, hey, can you build me a machine that will make me the best magician in the world? And he's like, yes, I've actually built a magical cloning machine <laughs> yeah. that you can use to literally clone yourself. Uh, and I'm just going to give this to you and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. So he gives him this cloning machine and... Uh, Christian Bale's Borden, uh, his big trick is he, there's like the vanishing man. He has two kind of closets on the side of the stage. uh, And he goes to one side of the stage. He throws a ball to the other side of the stage. He gets in the closet. And while the ball's bouncing to the other side, he exits from the complete opposite side of the stage to catch the ball. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, (laughs) how does he do it? It must um, be real magic. You find out later he's just a twin and his twins and the other thing. Yeah. Well, um, they the thing is that, that Michael Caine suspects immediately. He's just like, oh, he's using a double. Like, he just has another person yeah. who looks like him. But then they're yeah. like, but he looks exactly the same. <laughs> and no one ever yeah. is like, maybe he is exactly the same maybe, yeah, maybe he's his brother or what if they didn't know, you know too much about twins at that point in time maybe um, but then so yeah at first hugh jackman just finds a guy that looks exactly like him because it's just hugh jackman mm-hmm. <laughs> playing a character playing a second character he's just like this kind of smarmy drunk guy who's just yeah. like happens to look exactly like this guy at the same time exactly like him uh and people he's like this isn't working so i gotta go get a magic machine yeah anyway the kind of, um, I'll spare you all the details, but like the thing I like about it so much is you're, you're watching these, these three men, two Christian Bales and a Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. um, just get completely, they're just, they're all terrible people. They're just right. awful. All three of them. Like they're the two Christian Bales. One of them is nicer than the other one. One of them, um, falls in love with, uh, uh, the girl from Hulk. I don't remember. I'm not the girl from Hulk. It's not her, but Rebecca uh, Hall. Rebecca Hall. She's in Iron Man three. That's who I'm. Thinking um, of, yes. And the other other Christian Bale falls in love with Scarlett Johansson, which I forgot she was in this. Yep, she's in it. Um, sure. The one that falls in love with Rebecca Hall is nicer than the one that falls in love with Scarlett Johansson. But both of them are accessories to murder, and they're just terrible people. Uh, mm-hmm. But one of them has a daughter. Um, and so you're kind of rooting for him at the end. Um, but they're all just terrible people. And Hugh Jackman specifically, like he just, I love the idea of just watching these people get completely consumed with themselves. And like, he just gets so like, I have to be the best and I have to beat this other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, just for, for no real reason other than I want to be the best and to be remembered, essentially. Right. And it's just ultimately his undoing after he clones himself like a hundred times or whatever. Right. Because um, you never know. I just you never know which one is the real one, which one's the clone. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's def- it's like the whole thing, the whole magic trick of it all. Like the Christopher Nolan aspect of it is like he. There are so many details that you're so rewarded for like 
like the first line in the movie is, "Are you watching closely?" Mm-hmm. From Michael Clay- Michael Caine, and that line watching? comes up. That line comes up a lot because that's what magicians say when they start their act. Like, "Are you watching closely?" And then they'll do a thing. Right. Um, and that's that's the prestige. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and well, isn't so, the first shot of the movie all of Hugh Jackman's clones' hats? Yes. Like, yeah. there's like a mass grave of Hugh Jackman's, and yeah. all of their top hats are here in this yes, mass grave. Exactly. Um. Yeah, it, it it's really rewarding to watch it the second time because there are so many details, especially with... This is why it's one of my... It's probably my favorite Christian Bale performance is because when you're actually... When you are watching closely, you can tell which Christian Bale he's playing. Yeah. and But it's subtle. But if you are watching closely, you can tell. It's just it's just really, really good. Right. And the direction is great. Um, it feels... The whole thing feels like a magic trick and it's so fun. I just, I just really like it. Wow. I think it's really good. That's great. So we, uh, we're we're here. Mm-hmm. We've reached the big one. Uh, <laughs> for a lot of people, yeah. this is uh, yeah. their favorite movie, their favorite Christopher Nolan movie, um, mm-hmm. their favorite, their favorite Batman, Batman movie. movie, their favorite Joker movie, if you will. Uh, yeah. This is Heath Ledger's The Joker. Uh, just kidding. Uh, it's called The Dark Knight <laughs> by yep. Christopher Nolan. Yep. And um, it's, Everybody loves this movie. Man. It's really good. Uh, I think what this one, it's, uh, it's about <laughs> Joker's plan. All right. Mm-hmm. This is the premise, right? We have Joker's plan. How he's, do I look like a kind of guy with a plan? <laughs> yeah, you do. You got a crazy plan. You got a bunch mm-hmm. of contingency plans. You got A A through Z plans. And it doesn't matter what happens. You got it all covered. So it looks like your plan your it looks like your plan is gonna work no matter what. It looks like you predicted everything because you spend enough time planning all the plans so that no matter what happens, the plan works. And everybody's in on it because he's got the plans. Everything works. <laughs> And that's it. For that's sure. the whole movie. That's the whole movie. Rachel's there. Uh, For half of it. Harvey Dent is there. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman's uh, Jack Orton is there. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, uh, like literally the phrase everybody and their mom loves this movie, like that's literally true. Everybody wow. and their mom Loves this movie. My mom likes this movie. She doesn't no even like Batman that much. My mom likes The Dark Knight. I know people who don't even like movies that much, who just really like The Dark Knight because it's just this thing that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here, and I'm like, this no, guys, <laughs> no, The Dark Knight's really good. Uh, like everything I said, like I don't like. I especially in this one, the his Batman voice is. Worser. It's just terrible. It's terrible. I hate the suit. I hate his voice. I'm not wearing the bat. I hate the bat cave in this one. The big LED room. Swear to me. (laughs) (laughs) I like. I like Michael Caine. I like Harvey Dent. I like Jim Gordon. I like obviously Heath Ledger as the Joker. Probably the best. Oldman. Comic book. (laughs) Gary Oldman. What did I say? You said Jim Gordon. Oh, yeah. His character's name. 
I like Heath Ledger's Joker, uh, probably the best superhero comic book movie villain performance on screen. Probably, I'm I'm, I'm fine with saying that. I think that's probably mm-hmm. true. It's amazing. I can't imagine a better Joker performance on the big screen. Look at um, me. Yeah, he's just so good. Every every choice they made with him, I think, was just spot on. I love his his uh, the introduction scene is so good. Uh, the heist, the bank. Mm-hmm. Heist or whatever he pulls off the mag, uh, whatever. Stranger, um, stranger. Um, and it's I love probably the, the most quotable Nolan movie. Probably, yeah. Right for the for the mass audience, of course. I could probably give you Interstellar script right now, but that's yeah, that's a different beast. I love the scene where he walks into the the where all the evil guys are meeting. Uh, he just waltzes in there. Want to see a magic trick? I'm going to make this pencil disappear, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I like when he goes, you think he, we, you can just sneak in here and we'll let you walk away? And he goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's, he's so good. Yeah. Every, like the way, just that line, he says, yeah. But yeah. everything about his body language and the way his face looks and the face he makes when he says that line is just like, he's just on another level like the whole time. Incredible. It's super crazy uh, good. You remove Heath Ledger from this movie, and the movie means nothing to me. I'll never watch yeah, it again. Absolutely. Uh, I'm. That's not. I'm not. I'm not being. I'm not trying to be the guy who's like, well, if this movie. I've said this before. If this movie was different, I would like it more. You know, it's. It's that's <laughs> you not say that about anything. That's that's not relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if this movie was different, it would be better. Yeah. Like well, maybe it would be, but like yeah. that's not the point. <laughs> right. Like. It, I think as it stands, like this movie is good. Heath Ledger's performance is a aspect, a huge aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I was talking about the action scenes the the anytime Batman is like close quarters, punching people is awful. I hate it. <laughs> they need I think to it looks a, so bad. They need to take uh, a note from um, the Kingsman. Mm. That's good action. I haven't seen the Kingsman, but I've heard the action is really good. I think Nolan does car chases really well. I think the that where he's where Batman's starts in the Batmobile and then he gets on the bike and mm-hmm. then Joker's in the semi. Like that scene is sick. I want sick to do heck. It. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hit me. That scene is great, guys. Yeah. With the big um, truck flipping. Yeah. I yeah. I have this I have this bit where I'm like, oh the the Dark Knight's bad, but like it's not actually bad. I think no. it I think it's I think it's good. I think it's great. It's pretty great. It's whatever. You guys, come yeah. on. It's pretty great. Yeah. That's uh, all I have to say about it. That's yeah. About it. We we talked <clears throat> about it like over a year ago. It's fine. Yeah. Um check out What's episode next? three, a Batman discussion. <laughs> Actually don't though. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. That was uh, I was very tired. That was the episode that killed our entire podcast, probably. Because <laughs> we have we have like a hundred yeah, listens, I, eighty listens, twenty listens, and it just it never uh, recovered. Just <laughs> piddling down from there. Uh, um, it's okay. It's, it's, it's fine. fine. We don't do this for you guys. We're having a great time. Yeah. Um, we're moving on to Inception, which uh, now we 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 kind of, with the exception of Dark Knight Rises, we're in the we're in the like the modern Nolan era mm-hmm. where people are like, this movie was really good. I just don't understand why. Um, yeah. Where like this you watch the, the movie yeah. and you're, it's just like, what happened? How many times do I have to watch this movie till I get what happened? Mm-hmm. And then once you finally get it, you're like, 
it was amazing. I I loved it every every single time I've ever watched it. It was perfect. <laughs> you know. Yeah. This was when like The Dark Knight and Inception were my like the first Nolan movies I saw and was my Nolan experience until mm-hmm. or that was the beginning of my Nolan experience. Yeah, was these I'd two. say the same. And like, yeah, I think I was. What year did it come out? Two thousand. Uh, it's gonna be two thousand ten. And probably. Two thousand ten. Let me see. Let me see. Two thousand twenty ten. Yeah, two twenty two thousand and twenty ten. Because <laughs> I remember seeing it like as uh, as a young middle schooler, probably a teenager, and just thinking like Inception, like oh my, like this is what the craziest <laughs> movie I've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> like, bros, bro, can you believe this thing? Like, I don't even understand it. I'm it's watching a dream YouTube and a dream videos. And a dream. It's a dream and a dream and a dream. Uh, and it's like, uh, this might, this might actually be my hottest take guys, because like I watched it again for this and I haven't rewatched it in a long time. And I think I know why, like I rewatched it for this mm. and I was like, this is good, but it's not actually as good as I thought it was. Mm. I don't know if it's actually as good as we all made it out to be, especially after just seeing his later work here as we're yeah. looking at the list. I'm like, wow, banger, banger, banger. Um, I think it's too, it's almost too simple now. Like as I'm <laughs> like, and this could just be like, because I've seen it so many times, I've probably seen this one and I've probably seen the dark Knight the most, but I've probably seen inception second most. Yeah. Um, it might just be because of that, but like, and here's what I mean. Um, I don't think we need to explain the plot of inception. I think no, everybody's seen we're it. good. They get it. Um, there's this the great scene that everybody thinks about when you think inception you think of the first time um leo and um ariadne are in her dream and the things start exploding and she takes the the city folds onto itself and they Mm -hmm. walk up a wall and all this stuff that's what you think of when you think of inception that's like at the beginning of the movie and then the whole like the rules of the world are told to you where like you can't actually do that stuff because if you do that stuff, the projections will figure it out and kill you. So in order to continue with the movie, we have to stop doing the cool stuff. And (laughs) that really bothered me this time around Mm. because that scene is awesome. And then from that point, when you're in a dream, it's just, you're just in New York city. You're just in a building, you know, it's, it's just normal high stuff from that point on. Like there's still like dream stuff, like a train, like the train that drives through the city, mm-hmm. uh, the floating when the car is falling and they're floating in the hotel room. And that action scene is great, mm-hmm. but it just, Joseph Gordon love it. And on top of that, like they explain how it works from the a start of the movie to times. the end of the movie. They explain it every single scene. I feel like they're explaining how this thing works. Yeah. And it just is too, it's too much. I just, it's too simple to keep, the premise is simple. Like it's, and we keep explaining it and I'm like, ah, people, yeah. It just really bothered me. I think uh, people get confused with like the layers, I think, right? But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, we're going into this guy's head to make him think a different way. It's Persona, yeah. uh, if you've ever played that video game. Um, but we have to go real deep to get, you know, because every time you have to change something about him, like this is a complex idea, so we have to change multiple things. 
So each layer is them changing a different aspect of his personality or making his opinion of a person different, blah, 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 right? Yeah. So there's there's a couple layers to it, right? But the other thing that is different or, like, confusing maybe is that time slows down each layer you go. Yeah. And so people, I guess, get confused. But in, the, in this way, all the time is moving forward at the same. Like, there's no there's no forward or backwards in this movie. Yeah. Sorry, there's no backwards in this movie. There, it's only forwards. Um, <laughs> there's no back and yeah. forth, I guess, is what I meant to say. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's I, I, I think it's pretty great. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. I do agree that the, like, Doctor Strange of it, um, yeah. They they have their little fun. They're like, hey, look at what we could have done. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the projections, they will get yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to. And be again, born. like, if this movie was different, it would be better. Like, sure, like, <laughs> you know, I might enjoy this movie better if they if they kind of went a different direction with it. Mm-hmm. But I think as it is, like, it's still it's still a good movie. Um, I think if I can speak from my own experience, like when I was a kid, well, a teenager, watching it, like I think the part of the reason people get, are so confused first time watching it is because the the heist that they're doing, well, the kind of inverted heist where they're placing something in his mind, mm-hmm. that whole, the motivation for that is explained by Ken Watanabe. Mm. And the guy just, he has a thick accent and it's a Christopher Nolan movie. You can't hear the words that he's saying and you can't quite understand what he's saying. Right. And so, pull up the but, but what he says is, the most Im- important very detail, important. the most important detail in the history of Christmas. That's just, that's what came to mind. Uh, it's from the Santa Claus too. Uh, the escape clause. No, that's not what it is. What is it? Uh, anyway, Santa Claus. Um, you know what I mean, though. I think that's honest. Like for me, that was that was why I was so confused because I didn't know what they were doing because I couldn't understand what he was saying at at the beginning of the movie. Um. And the whole, like, when they get into the vault and he, Killian Murphy pulls the pinwheel out of the safe, uh, like, that's the, that's the one thing that they don't explain over and over again is, like, what that actually did. Like, they explain the dreaming and how they're getting into dreams and why they're going into dreams and Inception as a concept. Uh, but, like, the, it's kind of, the pinwheel thing is a subtle like it's just kind of a subtle reveal of like what mm-hmm. they did and how they did it. Um, so I, I, I think like those little details that people that really just kind of mess up the, if you're not paying attention, you're like, I don't know. I don't yeah, know what, what just what, happened. What is this? Why does this yeah. matter? Why is Killian Murphy crying? I was going to say first Killian Murphy uh, performance in Christopher Nolan, but no, that's definitely not true. He was the actual yeah. villain in Batman Begins. He was, he's been in, um, one, two, three, four, five, six movies mm-hmm. with Christopher Nolan, at least. And I don't. He's not. I think, I think. I think another reason this one doesn't. It's not very. It's not as high on my list as some of these is because like I really genuinely don't care about the main characters that much. Like, mm. like you're given reasons to care about Cobb like he has his kids and all this stuff right um 
but I just don't I don't ever really feel that emotionally invested in any of the rest of them. No. Uh Joseph Gordon Levitt, um, Tom Hardy are in it and like you don't know anything about them, where they're from, how they how they met, how they even met Cobb, like how they get involved in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like all the things that I feel like they could have like added to it or like explained more. Like where did you meet these people? They spent mm-hmm. being like oh, this is how the kick works for the sixth time. Like, give him the kick. We have to yeah. explain this again. Like, we know how that freaking kick works. <laughs> yeah. We uh, got it. You push him over and he wakes up. It's li- it's so simple. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't anyway. know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good, but it's, you know, it's like, it's like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. We, but, okay. What do you mean? What do you mean? It, it, it's the mean? first time <laughs> what do you mean uh, it's the first time that Nolan got a chance to really experiment so mm-hmm. he keeps it he plays it simple everybody loves it and it it opened the door for yeah, that could be true yeah. it opened the door for crazy stuff to happen now right mm-hmm. then we get <laughs> yeah you know we get to uh, we get it's... to go into the the crazies here in a in a minute yeah because that, yeah, that this is the other side of the coin from like a tenant where it's like, maybe, could you explain this to me? <laughs> you know, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Hit me with the Dark Knight Rises. Actually, oh, gosh. I'm going to hit you right now. It's Please the do. worst one. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Rises. Not only is it the worst Batman movie uh, <sighs> that I've ever watched. It's the worst Nolan movie I've ever watched. I'm going to put it at the bottom by a mile. Um... <laughs> and it and it's for, and, and it's for a very simple piece of information. Sure. Um there's like a twist in this movie that yes. Bane is not the child who climbed out of the prison. Yeah. And and instead it's this random cur- person <laughs> that's kind of been in the movie. It's Joey right? King. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Joe, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's the other yeah. thing. You watch the movie a second time, a third time. When they do a flashback to the kid who climbed out, it's a girl. You know, like yeah, yeah. It's not that. Uh, it's not that big of a. It's surprising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, who is this? Why are we doing this? I yeah. don't. It doesn't make any sense for the bad guy to not be the bad guy. And it just yeah. kind of it it it's like oh wait. He's Bane, this amazing villain, is the side character now. Yeah, because you're kind of given reasons to kind of care about him, or like you un- you at least understand his motivations until you until they're like, actually, that was a different character. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, wait, wh- who is this guy then? Bane Where is he just come a from? random dude. He's just a random guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you can't I, really, uh, yeah. It's anyway, irredeemable. Go, keep going for me. Um. Here's here's what I like about the Dark Knight Rises. Okay, I tell think, me. I think it's because we probably I don't know. I haven't seen I've seen the Michael Keaton Batman movies. I haven't seen the Val Kilmer one or the George Clooney one. Um, I I like uh, well, that. Uh, I like the Dark Knight Rises that it like, which I wish they would have. A lot of people's complaint is that there's not a lot of Batman in it. Mm. Like they're like, oh, uh, he's 
he has a broken knee and back and for a lot of this. And then once he fixes his knee with a robot leg, essentially, yeah. uh, Bane breaks his back and then he's thrown in the pit and then he's not Batman again for a while and then he has to come back and be Batman again. Um, and n- none of that is great. What I'm saying is I think it was a good idea to do something where I'm interested in a story where Bruce Wayne is just broken and like doesn't really want to be Batman anymore uh, because he's like what happened with Harvey Dent and all of that. Like um, he's just like, he's just a kind of broken, like recluse of a person that has to like find a reason to keep fighting other than because he doesn't have his parents revenge thing anymore. Cause he solved that memory again and, and all that. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to just randomly throw this in vis-a-vis Iron Man three. Yes, that's this. This that is was the Iron Man. Iron Man three is a better version of like it's what the Dark Knight Rises should be. It's a movie You're about 100% the. You're one hundred percent. It's a movie about the superhero who is tired of being the superhero, needs to be the superhero, then can't be the superhero. That's right. Um, and has to figure out how so to true. do it without his tools. Yep. Except for the end where he uses all of his tools <laughs> to great effect. Yeah, but uh, I don't like again. Like, I don't like any of the Batman stuff in The Dark Knight Rises. I think it's all bad. I think the suit is still bad. I don't like Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. What were they thinking? I don't know. I like Anne Hathaway a lot. Don't think she was a good choice of the character. She's pretty good in the next movie. Um, she's really good in the next movie. She's a great actress. Uh, but I don't think she was a great Catwoman. Um, yeah. Uh. Raz al Ghul and his is his daughter Talia al Ghul, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's played by Marion Cotillard? Uh, they're not supposed to be European. They're supposed to be of Asian descent. Uh, so I don't really know why they went in that direction. Well, it's a little bit strange. Um, Christopher Nolan kind of yeah. one of his one of the criticisms of Christopher Nolan is he doesn't write women very. Um, Generously, mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of uh, gives them the short end of the stick. If you know what I mean, um, he kills them a lot. Is yep. what I'm saying. Is what people <laughs> he likes to put them in situations where they get killed. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but that's one of the criticisms of him. I just think, yeah, it. In the whole Bane, I might. I might like watching The Dark Knight Rises more than the other two because it's just. It's kind of a silly. It's just a kind of a silly movie. Because Bane is so silly. It's true. His voice is ridiculous. And I didn't remember how silly it is. Like, maybe wondering he's wondering why Greg you would shoot him at. <laughs> Before the Trigger Man. The Trigger Man is a mystery. Like, why would the guy in that pit sound like that? Mm-hmm. It's just so, it's such a weird choice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird this movie. It's a bum. Oh my gosh! And the Joseph jo- Gordon Levitt of it oh all. Oh my like, goodness! What are they doing? He goes. She goes. You should use your birth name, Robin. And then he sees a Robin suit. Robin's name isn't Robin, guys. We've talked about this before. <laughs> His name is Dick. I've said, <laughs> I've said this before, and every time I'm just like, you really. Who thought that that was a good idea, Chris Nolan? Yeah, Robin's well, name they, isn't Robin. If they went, you should really use your re- your first name, Dick. Then, uh, <laughs> well, I know, yeah. People, there are most other... people would be like, "What?" 
they could have gone with Tim Drake. They could have gone with uh, the other one, Damien. I don't know. If they're going to do anything. Yeah. Oh, Bruce Wayne. You should use your real name, Batman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're using it's our so made-up dumb. names now? Uh, okay. I like the... Uh, I like kind of giving Bruce Wayne a definitive happy ending. Yeah. Like it's set up at the beginning where Michael Caine's like, I had this uh, dream where I would go to this cafe in Venice and I would look across the room and you would be there. Uh, we wouldn't wife, say anything. Maybe a kid. And we wouldn't say anything. We would just know that you're happy and whatever. And then at the end that happens. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And that's it's sweet. Because like... you don't often get like a, just a nice definitive, like this character is over now. Like he's yeah. reached his... Happy ending. Like, that's mm-hmm. very sweet. I like Absolutely. that. That's true. I do, I do like that quite a bit. But the rest yeah. of the movie is... It's fine. It's not, it's not great. It's like one of those that you put on while you're cooking food or something. And like you say, <laughs> you say the funny lines when they come by. And yeah, you're like, yeah. I had fun. I like the scene where he goes into the uh, stock exchange. And the guy's like... Um, uh, what are you? What are you doing here? There's no money here, and he just goes. Wasn't <laughs> into a wall. <laughs> He's like, "Well, why are all these people here? Yeah. <laughs> why are all of you here? It's so funny." Anyway, There's no money then, here. Then he goes and makes one of the best movies ever made. Go ahead and just right. take us into the next movie. <laughs> uh, literally from the bottom to the top. <laughs> Interstellar comes out in 2014. Wow. I am. I am PG-13 at this point, so I go to the theater with my sister, and my life changed. Um, This movie is so good. I've talked about it plenty. Um, It's your favorite movie. Yeah. Not only is it the best Nolan movie, it is literally my favorite movie. Um, I remember the first time I said that out loud, like... um, I told somebody like, "Oh, I like Interstellar. I like Star Wars as a franchise more, but I like Interstellar <laughs> as my favorite standalone movie." I was, I was like, right. mm, "I'm very sophisticated in this way," <laughs> um, and so, but like, you look at um, Letterbox specifically, um, mm-hmm. Interstellar is the 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 movie with the most favorites, or like in your top four yeah. or whatever that inter- sure. like. Um, on your letterbox profile, you can choose four movies to put in your favorites. Yeah, um, that will display when people look at your profile, and it's the the one with the most favorites on all yeah. things, right? So, it's not it's not an unpopular opinion to say that this is your favorite movie, um, right? I I'm not saying that I'm like unoriginal or anything. I think like I think we can all say it's pretty good. Well, I, I think. You know, to counter that, there are a lot of people that criticize this movie quite a bit. Um, I think a lot of people have the criticism that it's it either doesn't make people are like it doesn't make sense. It has a sad ending. I hate that. Uh, it's about uh, it's about love being this thing that connects everything. Like that's dumb. Like I've heard those criticisms a lot. Um, people just aren't into it, but. Yeah, a lot um, of people do like it. You're totally right. I yeah. sent you a screen recording after I rewatched this movie of me moving Interstellar from my number four favorite movie to my number two favorite movie. Yes, <laughs> I moved it above um, Star Wars: A New Hope and the other one, Blade Runner. Uh, bl- no, Blade Runner is still number one, and then Interstellar is number two. Mm. Um, you have Spider-Man and be- what was it? Uh, I don't remember now. 
but it's just it up there. Yeah, for people who say that like uh, the plot being about love is lame, that's sad, and I feel sad for you. Um, and for people <laughs> that complain that this movie doesn't make sense, that's weird. Um, yeah. This is like one of the more simple movies to understand when it comes to yeah, for sure, like complicated plot, <clears throat> like is like okay, the theory of relativity does not make any sense. I fully agree with that. Um, sure. How can moving fast or standing close to a black hole make time feel different? It's time. That doesn't make any right. sense. But okay, we can deal with that. It's real, I guess. Physics um, and no stuff. One, no one has observed the like actual relativity, so we don't know if it's even real. It's theoretical. Right? Yeah. Um, it, hence the theory of relativity. But... It exactly. has it has changed a lot of people and proven things and helped predict where stars and black holes are. It's so like it's real, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a doctorate in <laughs> physics. I can't explain that. Um, but like the idea of um solving gravity and stuff that's all made up, right? So it's not we don't have to worry yeah. about explaining that. Just like the dream machine isn't real. It's like uh, yeah. It's the part of the Nolan movie that, like, he uses this thing, this technology, this futuristic aspect, this black mirror thing to tell a story about something else, right? Yeah. That's the kind of the point of sci-fi and, like, yeah, movies like, like this is, like, you, you use the future and these weird aspects, um, these very cerebral things to tell a simple story about characters and like what it means yeah. to be human and how we love and who we are and blah, blah, blah. Like that's kind of the whole point. And that's why I love sci-fi more than anything else because yeah. it's, you get to watch these cool things, but also yeah. like underneath it's about love, man. <laughs> it's about <laughs> it's, love. It's science fiction. <laughs> Cause uh, people complain about like the, li- the one line that people complain about is, uh, she goes, Anne Hathaway is like, you can't do that. Or somebody's like, you can't do that. It's impossible. And uh, Matthew McConaughey goes, but it's necessary. And then he does it. And right. people are like, that's a dumb line. That's not realistic. That's not how it works. If it's impossible, it's impossible. Like, but also, it's a fiction movie. Yeah. It's made up. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know what. It's like, I don't know. Why do we get so... Yeah, I'm not getting caught up on those. And those I think types uh, I think in that specific moment too, she's just like, "It's impossible." Right, exactly. Like, you're not gonna do that. Like, There's no way, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not like literally like you will fail. You're guaranteed yeah. to fail. It's like there's no way you could do that. Yeah, um, exactly. He's just like, okay, but if I don't, we die anyway. So yeah. I'm gonna do it, and then he does it, and that's the best scene in the movie. Yeah, arguably, and I think. Yeah, the other criticism, like people talking about, like, oh, love connects everything, and because I remember seeing it when I was PG thirteen, PG fourteen, mm-hmm. um, fourteen years old ish. Um, I didn't, I didn't understand at first what the whole thing at the end where he's in the, the tesseract, the tesseract they call it. I didn't under- quite understand why that existed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he does explain it, and. That's another criticism. People are like, I think he explains it too much, but I love Tarzan. I don't. Love. It's love. They're they're us. It's not them. It's us. That sort of thing. We put us here. I think it's fun. We put us here. Yeah. Uh, but I think like after rewatches, like 
I think it does make sense. I think this theoretical idea of four-dimensional beings in the future, like theoretically, could use a feeling as love to connect a three-dimensional person to all of these moments in time. Right. Because his, cause even um, Matt Damon makes an appearance and he explains kind of like our love for our children is what like essentially keeps us alive or yep. love for others essentially keeps us alive. What drives us to keep fighting when we're close Pushes to death. Pushes us one step sort of further. Thing. And then that he tells you that and then they show you that by being like, yes, like Matthew McConaughey is in this place and like when literally all of humanity depends on it, it's one man's love for his daughter that like connects everyone and saves everybody, right? Amazing. And that's that's a beautiful it's amazing. thing. You know, it's it's amazing. Wow. Uh to put it into yeah. words like that, exactly how I feel about this movie. That's amazing. <laughs> well done. I love that. I love that. Um uh, I love how it uh, man, like I forgot how much I love this movie because I hadn't rewatched it in a while and it mm -hmm. was at my number four and now it's at my number two because it's just so it's the vibes are just off the charts, guys. Oh, yeah. Like when they go into space uh, the also Hans Zimmer's best score. It's his oh. best score. It's literally probably the best score ever. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know, but it's definitely Hans That's, Zimmer's best. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The Pirates score the just like good. pops off with these like when they <laughs> when they go into space and like they're approaching um, Saturn or Jupiter. I think it's Saturn because the rings. Yeah, there's a shot of Saturn with this music that's like just one little uh, piano note next to yeah. another piano note. Bing. It's just I'm just like I'm here for science fiction, guys. This so is great. Cool. Um, yeah, everything about it is just it's just so. There's so this good. moment, um, and not the airlock moment. Haha. -ha. Um, there is a, there moment. Is a moment. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> yeah. Um, where right after they they go to um the first planet, uh, right at, at right after they play mountains, right? Or did yep. you know? That the tempo of the clicks is an hour or year back on Earth or whatever they say, you know, uh, yep. the the factoid, um, little factoid trivia vis-a-vis Aragorn trivia kicks, crack. kicks the helmet and breaks his toe or whatever. That's a real scream of pain. Um, <laughs> I, I I hate stuff like that, dude. It's so annoying. Um, <laughs> trivia. Yeah. Um, did you know? Um, yeah. Well, I did. okay. Anyway, um, he. They, they go up the wave, they come down the wave, and the, the engines are flooded. You have to let it breathe, says uh, that's Case. Mm -hmm. um, and they're in there, and they're arguing and stuff, and then their argument kind of ends, and Matthew McConaughey takes his helmet off, and he takes a second to breathe, and he's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he totally does that. I, You're so that's right. like one of my favorite movie moments. It's <laughs> like, nah. Nah. <laughs> It's so funny. I every That's single so true. every single time I watch the movie, I rewatch that part over and over again because nah. it's so funny. He's, he's just like, nah. It's so it's so it's so authentic. It's mm -hmm. like I believe that he would do that. Nah. Yeah, because like I mean, he just lost a guy. The planet's trash. They wasted a bunch of fuel. Yeah. They're wasting time. Um, yeah, you know, I, and it's just the like moment a, where he like this rewatch specifically like really destroyed me when they went back up to the ship after being stuck on the planet and he 
starts playing the video oh. recordings from his children and just like I was just I was a mess like that moment really hit me this time around for whatever yeah. reason just being probably a little bit more in touch with my emotions these days mm-hmm. uh, shout out <laughs> it was just like the tragedy because you really feel like you're with him in this mo- you're with um Coop in this moment where mm-hmm. like we just went down to this planet when his daughter was what like 12 years old yeah like we we were just there, and now she's grown, Jessica uh, Jessica Chastain. It's just like she's the same age as him. Absolutely, just tragic. Yeah, brutal. It's like, like you're sitting oh there watching this person watch his yes. kids grow his, up. His performance, dude. Like the Unreal. emotions he shows were like he's like he's showing he's like he's proud and he's like he's laughing because he's so proud of his son because he finds a wife and he has a son and then that son dies and like Mm -hmm. that sucks they have another son and grandpa dies and he goes from like being so proud and laughing to just like bawling and then miss every chest in and then he grabs the tv screen and then the audio cuts and it's like oh my gosh dude (laughs) oh my gosh that's what movies are made for guys yeah and it sucks that there are so many people that are just like, mm, this movie's dumb. It's about mm, love. love. Blah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> this movie's boring. Blah. It's just like, uh, and I just to keep literally keep talking about this moment when he's yeah, watching yeah, the yeah, TV because yeah. this is this yeah. is probably the the best part of the movie in my it's opinion. Pro- it probably it's, is, like, it's, yeah. it's right there. Um, he uh, he gets this one video from Murph at the end, right? And it's like. She she brings up she's like it's my birthday today, and it's a special yep. one because you once told me that we would be the same age when you came back, and now I'm the age that you were when you left. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to him, and he is just like he <laughs> ugly crying. <laughs> yeah, like, Toby McGuire like yeah, just yeah, yeah. destroyed. And if you're not crying with him <laughs> while you're watching that you're not yeah. a human being and you're it probably a sociopath tragic, uh who feels no emotions whatsoever because that is insane it's it so insane. well done and they're both like you can feel them through the tv it's like i mean love is transcending time and space right now you it's guys transcending time and space guys yeah, and like Hathaway gravity. is drawn halfway across the universe to this so guy like, she even knows for the slightest is probably chance, dead is probably dead <laughs> it's just beautiful yeah, it's we, we love love guys and then we get the we get the little monologue at the end of the movie where murph yeah. is talking about her at miller's planet she's yep. breathing in the new atmosphere under her new sun and her new home, and it's like that work because they're going there, right? That's yeah, where yeah, we're yeah, going, yeah. and it's like, give me a sequel? Question mark. <laughs> like, I want to go there. Yeah, don't do that. It, it's it, it, just, it, it, yeah, but it's oh, amazing. Man. I forgot what I was gonna say, but yeah, it's just like we can't keep we can't keep talking about Interstellar, <laughs> but I think like this is like what we're talking about is the reason why. I think it is Nolan's best movie because there is an aspect of the human. This movie is the most emotional, like human emotion exists in this movie where it doesn't quite, he, he's not an emotional director as much as he is like a, a visual uh, con- conceptual director in mm-hmm. general. But Interstellar, he puts all of, all of his Nolan stuff together 
plus just just hard hitting human emotional drama that mm-hmm. just re- just kills you inside because yeah. you and people that's why people are like like people my mom for example doesn't like watching this movie because you get to the end and Murph is an old lady who's about to die and all of that stuff and that's quote a sad ending um, and people don't like sad endings it's but literally like, filled with hope you guys I don't understand <laughs> and it's also it's also the point is like he saved everyone he saved them because of love and he is back with her yeah. and she persevered because of love even even as human as love is also like as much as she hated him like mm-hmm. the love that she had for him was still there all along like it's just i don't know i don't know what to tell you it's just the best one yeah <laughs> it's amazing and then we should move on to this yeah. one okay dunkirk guys oh my gosh <laughs> dunkirk is so good too <laughs> Um, is I'm it? Sh- yep, and that's it. We're not going to talk about it at all because Jordan probably has something negative to say about it because it's a war movie. Um, yeah, he's like, it oh, is a war movie. This movie bored me. Um, yeah, it did bore me. I really like this movie. Tom Hardy <laughs> flies a plane um, and looks really good doing it. Um, he's the only actor I can name other than Kenneth Branagh. Um, yeah. is Barry Keegan in this one? No, that's um. Harry Keegan is in it, yeah. Oh, yeah, Harry he Styles is. Oh, yeah, he's, he's on the boat. Movie. Yeah, Harry Styles yeah. is in this movie. Come on, guys. Um, yep. It's just a good time. Killian Murphy plays a scary guy. Um, That's a, true. A PTSD soldier. Um, I, I think uh, I just like the editing in this one, I think, is my biggest mm-hmm. thing. And it looks good. Um, yeah, I think... Well, yeah, I'll let... Let me say why I don't like it, and then... Because I want to hear your... I want to hear why you like it because yeah. pe- people don't really talk about this one that much. So I, I mm-hmm. want to know what people like about it. But um, I, I do like, th- like watching it. It is like it's a beautiful movie. He mm-hmm. um, and this is very Christopher Nolan. Like he's shooting on film. He's shooting on Shut location. Shut this one on IMAX. Like like I said, like these people, all of these like the extras in it, like they are on a beach. These people are on a boat that's on water. Tom Hardy is flying an airplane. No, I don't know if he is. <laughs> I don't think he is. But like, but they you shot. Know what I mean, like those planes flying. They shot the planes flying. Like, like every set piece, every character feels. They all feel real because they're on a real. beach. Yeah, for real. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a small thing, but like it feels like. You're, it really feels like you're in this battle with them because everything feels so authentic and like because it is authentic because they're standing on this beach. All these people are standing on this bridge, all the helmets and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that shot. Um, I will say, I love, I love that um, about it. Here, just ahead. to break your immersion oh so slightly, um, several rows of those people on the beach are oh, cardboard yeah. cutouts. Fair enough. Um, That's fair. So there, there is that, but yeah. yes, they... Despite that, those cardboard cutouts are on a beach. That's right. That's yeah. right. They so are on that right beach. back, right back to your reality. Right back at me. Uh, and I, I, I like and appreciate the, the the technique and the idea of making. You know, this movie's like what an hour and a half, hour forty five. Um, it's like the whole thing is this. You know, the battle at Dunkirk. Um, you're not given anything before. You're not giving anything after really but you're given 
the idea of you're watching this same moment in time from different moments in time from different characters' perspectives. Mm. And I like that concept, but I sleep. I think it is extremely boring. All of the characters, which, okay, I'm going to say this and then I'm gonna, I know what the defense is, but like all of the characters are completely without personality. I don't care about any of them. I don't know any of their names. Uh, I'm not given any reason to care about these people. I know that's harsh because it's a real battle that happened, but I'm also watching a movie. Um, mm. The defense is like, this is a realistic war movie. Like people that are in war, like they're not just going to stop to talk about their life story and tell each other yeah. their names. Like they're in a war scenario. I get all It's that. not saving Private Ryan. Right. It's just not like what it is, is is good, but it's also just not a movie that I enjoyed that much and probably won't watch again. But Brutal. I think it like, tell me what you like about it because I think it... Um, there's so much to it. I'm not. I'm not trying to say. I'm not trying to say it's bad. It's just not. Yeah. It's not for me. Not for me. I don't know. I part of this is definitely because I like war movies and I'm into mm-hmm. period pieces and such of the yes. like. Um. So I get like a. There's an automatic like plus two. Um. Yeah. To the role. Um. Just because it's. I like <laughs> the time period and w- what they're talking about, and I. I. I really enjoy like watching anti-war movies um where they like show the horrors of war and stuff um Mm -hmm. because i am anti-war you guys make make peace you know um but it's just like i really enjoy the editing and the way that they piece together all the different parts of the story because they're they're all happening simultaneously over like a, a weekend or whatever yeah like mm-hmm. two or three days, and you you follow this character, and then you follow this other guy, the pilot, and then you have um, the kid who's just trying to escape, and then you have yeah. uh, the veteran on, and his son and their friend on the boat going to the battle to save people, um, and then you have Kenneth Branagh standing on the dock watching it yep. all happen at the same time, um, waiting for things to occur. Um and so you get you get all these pieces and they're kind of disjointed at first and you don't really understand like when things are happening because there's like there's day yeah. and night and day it's hard um, to follow yeah and so at first like you're like wait is this today is this tomorrow um you watch people like wash up on shore and you're like why are they washing up on shore and then later you see the boat coming back uh, from having exploded and sinking mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. But then you see that that happened like twice because there's like one boat that sinks and then they got, on, they got on a dinghy and they go out and there's another boat that also sinks and that one happens at daytime. So like I get it. Yeah. There's a lot of like what's going on, uh, confusion. Um, so when once you piece it together at the end, they kind of like all converge at the same point in time. And you yeah. can see those characters not interact with each other per se. I mean, yeah, the veteran does meet the young guy that we follow. Um, but the pilot doesn't interact with anyone else other than um, what's his face from Shaun of the Dead, his brother. He looks like that guy, Simon Pegg's mm. brother. He looks like si- he could yeah. be Simon Pegg's brother. I don't even know if they're related. <laughs> um interesting (laughs) he only ever talks to that guy um 
in the whole movie. And uh, but he flies over, and he, Kenneth Branagh sees him, and everybody cheers for the plane because he keeps shooting people down, even though he's out of gas, and makes a turn um, with no gas and no power, and doesn't lose a lot of altitude, which isn't realistic, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and then he like he lands on the ground and burns his plane and stuff, so that they can't uh, reverse engineer the cool yeah. plane that they're talking Great about. Shot. Beautiful uh, shot. It's the poster I used because um, yep. it is a good shot, and. Um, so it's just like, I, I just have a lot of fun watching it because it's it's interesting and it makes me anxious yeah. uh, to yeah. go to war, and get drafted, because I'm like, I don't want to die that way. I don't want to die that way. I don't want to die that way. Yeah, hopefully that never happens yeah, to, it won't. to you or me. I, w- or I wouldn't clear the uh, thing. I'm disabled, so it's all good. Oh, fair enough. I'm colorblind. Um, so. Nice. Um, <laughs> you're covered. Uh, count me out. Yeah, I'm yeah. covered, guys. Uh, I just think it's fun. Um, yeah. So I have a bit of a soft spot for it. It's not the best movie he's ever made. Sure. I just I think I think that... it I think it might be. Well, I don't think it's the best looking. I think Interstellar is the best looking one, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it is it's definitely one of the be- better quote good cinematography movies. Yeah. It has a lot of nice shots. But... I love a good nice shot. Okay, Tenet time. Oh man, let's talk about Tenet time. Okay, <laughs> so a long episode, dude. Just we're fun, fine. Though. We're fine. I'm having fun, and it's about to get longer because I gotta. Explain the plot of Tenet <laughs> to you, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell me why you don't understand, and then I'll fill in the No, gaps. it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like this. It, the whole Tenet, it came out in the pandemic times. It was the first movie that was supposed to bring people back to theaters. I saw it in theaters. Uh, Didn't it come out in 2020? It did, yeah. 2020. Uh, it absolutely obliterated my eardrums. Um it's so loud um i liked it at first i didn't like it the second time i watched it because i was like i still don't get this and then i liked it a lot the third time this time um partly because this is like probably the when i talk about vibes like this is probably the Mm. vibiest movie from what i'm what i'm envisioning when i think of vibes it's this it's this one um, it is very vibey. Love it. The score, uh, sound design, sound effects, like cinematography, everything is like what I want. Robert colors, Pattinson's wardrobe. Robert Pattinson is in it. And I like looking at that guy. He's a very attractive man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, but in the whole kind of conceit is that like the line that everybody, uh, don't try to understand it, just feel it. Um, the main thing that I, every time I've watched it, I, I have a hard time piecing together um, at the end when the big, the big battle is happening, mm-hmm. there, are, there are blue good guys and there are red good guys, right? Yes. And then there's a bunch of bad guys, mm-hmm. question mark. I don't understand who is there. Who are the bad guys in this scenario and where did they come from? That's are... that's my biggest like I don't know who these people are. Yeah. It's very They're Satyr's men. Yeah. But yeah, like I cuz I I assume that but I also like where did they come from though? Cuz they cuz I feel like you don't really ever see or hear him talking about having an army. Like I guess he has an army somewhere. But well, where did know. where I, did uh what's his face? He Robert Pattinson comes with an army. 
from uh, yeah. What's that guy's name? Aaron Taylor Johnson just shows up and he's like, "We yeah. got a ton of guys ready to go." Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It. It. The whole. I think when it all it, it all converges at that point where everybody's there's so many people traveling backwards and forwards at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, it's always hard to. I wouldn't be able to do it if I tried to piece together like. Because they they kind of explain it how Seder Seder is not actually from the future, but he's communicating no. with the future mm-hmm. somehow. Anyway, you just go ahead and yeah, go ahead and try to ex- explain it until I understand it. Is yeah, what I okay. asked you. So, <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, at the beginning of the movie, we are in Kiev, Ukraine. Okay, we're at the National Opera House of Kiev. And mm, nice. um, uh, the protagonist, as he is called, not yeah. never credited it with a name. Just give um, him a name. There's no reason to not have a uh, name. John. So silly. We'll call him John because that's the actor's name. Um, Johnny. Is, Johnny Boy is there <laughs> with a group of CIA operatives and third-party evil guys. Um, and they know that there is going to be a terrorist organization coming to steal the package and um they get there and um the the terrorists come in and they start holding everybody up and they're like give us the give us the stuff um and so then a bunch of uh kiev operatives come in the special forces or whatever are there so they grab the badge that according goes according to the people that show up and then they go in there masked up they're ready to help with the operation but they're actually there to get the stuff themselves um because they've the guy who is hanging out there to give the drop off has been made Um, what is the stuff again the stuff is they're trying to get the 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 ninth piece of the algorithm oh yes right and they're all labeled at um after the the um radioactive material that they were stashed in which I'll talk about later. This one specifically is plutonium-241. Right. Um, so they get there. He has the package. He left it at coat check. So they get the it, package, and they get out of there. Much. Right? Mm-hmm. So John kept back to the car at, with his one other dude. Also, sorry, um, while he is, he gets the stuff. He's like, I got to go back in there. They planted bombs to blow up the place. Um. I got to go get these bombs to save these people because John's a good guy. He is a good guy. So he goes back in there and one of the actual operatives is there and he's like, leave the bomb, dude. We're going to blow this place up. And then uh, John notices a bullet hole on the floor um, and the dust is starting to collect in the bullet hole and then the bullet goes backwards. The chair is fixed and the bullet goes through the dude behind him. And right. a guy is there with a gun, and he catches the bullet in his gun, and then he runs off because he had an inverted bullet. Okay. Yeah, he did. So uh, he gets he gets um, captured by the guys that he was working with. They're like, you're CIA. Like, we hate you. Um, you're going to give <laughs> up where you, gave, where you put the bomb. Or the, not the bomb, the, uh, the plutonium. And he doesn't give up, and then he takes a cyanide pill from his friend and dies. And right. then he wakes up, and that one guy is there, and he's like, 
Welcome to the afterlife, bro. Um, <laughs> it's tenant time. It's tenant time. All I have for you is a word and a catchphrase. And, and a gesture, I think. Exactly. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, armed with only a word, tenant, and fighting for the survival of the entire world. Um, yep. So he... Johnny Tenet. That's his Johnny name. Johnny Tenet, yep. Um, so Johnny goes to this windmill and works out. And then yeah, a few he, goes, he goes to some place um, where What's-Her-Face is there. And yep. uh, Clemens, is that her name? Yeah, She's Cle- like, look, Clemens Poe you, can, um, you can shoot bullets, but backwards yeah. sometimes. So the idea is um, that sometime in the future, they have figured out a way to reverse the entropy, entropy of, of objects, an yes. object. Which essentially uh, acts, it, ma- it makes that object act as if it's going backwards in time. Yeah. So that it, 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 because the entropy is reversed, it follows all of the laws of physics backwards, which makes it go back in time. So things that, whatever happens, happened, right? Is the, is the yeah. line yeah. that Robert Pattinson says multiple times throughout the movie. Whatever's yeah. happened Whatever happens, happened, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, things are going backwards and forwards now. Uh, there's a lot of objects that are going back in time, and she talks to John about it, and she's like, basically what, basically what we're seeing, all these inverted things, uh, look to us like remnants of a war, of World mm-hmm. War Three, nuclear holocaust, that sort of thing. We're trying to stop World War Three. Right. So that that's, that's what they that, that's what they say at the beginning is like yeah. it's World War Three. Turns out it's something worse. It's something worse. The future. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, he goes through. He starts doing his mission. He meets the arms dealer because he's like, I got to figure out where these guns come from. These inverted guns, and he goes and finds Sater, who is a Russian oligarch, um, yep. really rich guy, owns guns. Kenig's Played by British actor Kenneth Branagh, um, so he plays this Russian guy Sater, um, and his wife Elizabeth Debicki uh, is mm-hmm. there. Very and tall, she's, very she's, tall woman. <laughs> I was literally about to say she's tall <laughs> in this movie. Um, she's tall a lot of the times. She all the sold time. him a fake painting for nine Dang. million dollars, and yeah. now he gets to hoard that over her. And say, you are mine and only mine, and you can't leave because I can prove that you were fraud, and you will go to jail forever. If um, I can't have you, <laughs> nobody yeah. can. No, yeah. nobody can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he's like crazy and possessive and abusive and blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. Terrible human being, right? Great performance, and, uh, though. Wow. Uh, wow. holy cow Um, and so he's a bad guy and he can communicate with the future somehow and they need to figure out how and they need to prevent him from getting um these pieces and plutonium 241 yes um (laughs) and so the plutonium 241 isn't plutonium it's just piece of a machine called the algorithm and once you have all nine pieces together you can 
reverse the entropy of the entire world. The world. The whole yeah. thing. And the present, as we are experiencing it, believes that if the entropy of the world were to be reversed, it would destroy everything. It would annihilate all of us. There's no Not chance. Not just our present, the... but our, fu- our past and our future. Yes. Yeah. Entropy of everything. It would destroy everything. The because future... this person doesn't pre as like uh, this. Uh, it was their generation's Oppenheimer who who discovered this and uh, created it and whatever. Yeah, essentially a nuclear bomb that can time travel and destroy all of time. Yeah. So the people in the future, World War Three is happening because of climate change. The world is being destroyed anyway. So they're like, hey, guys, let's reverse entropy of the entire world, go back in time 100 years, whatever it takes, and undo all the climate change we did. We'll clean everything up. It'll be great. And we can go back forward in time and just be happy and make peace. And mm-hmm. so that's what they do. Uh, that's what they want to do. But the person who made this machine was like, screw that. If we reverse entropy, everybody's going to die in all time forever grandfather paradox sort of a deal right and so she breaks up the algorithm into nine pieces and hides them in the past so she reverses the entropy of these objects themselves and places them in radioactive hotspots where people won't be looking for hundreds of years and then eventually we have the downfall of the soviet union where Sater is contracted to dig up the remnants of the plutonium and he finds a time capsule with instructions from the future because they can bury the time capsule um, in the future and reverse entropy it, and it goes back in time to wherever he is when he digs up the plutonium. He finds his time capsule, and it says, Hey, dude, here's a bunch of gold. Um, do this and this and this and this. These things are going to happen. If you go this way and act this way... Um, you will be super rich and famous and awesome. And so he does all these things and he collects all yeah, these yeah, things yeah. for them so that they, so he can put together the thing and blow up the world, basically. Because yeah. he, sadly, because of all the radiation and plutonium he was looking for, he's got inoperable pancreatic cancer. So he's yeah, going to die regardless. Anyway. So he's like, I'm going to go back in time to my favorite moment and kill myself and then the entire world is going to blow up because I can't have my wife. Um, yeah. Because she doesn't love because me. Because if I can't have my wife, nobody can. If I can't have the world, no one can. Uh, yeah. He has this like obsession with like being God, essentially. Like, right. I decide when this mm-hmm. thing ends. Yeah. So, um, our boy John and Robert Pattinson's character, Neil. The Tenet Boys. Are, are the, tenet, the Tenet Men. Um, are going in and they create this pincer move maneuver where they're going to go back in time several weeks to this big explosion that happened in this ancient uh, Russian city called Stalsk 12. Um, and they're going to be there with all... They're going to... So, okay. Uh, this is the moment in time when Seder is going to kill himself. He's yep. in Vietnam with his wife. Meanwhile, in Russia, at the same time, there's an explosion that happens that buries the nine pieces of the algorithm all together as one 
in this city underground and it's going to be there till the future so they can get it there in the future and use it to reverse entropy for the future <sighs> so that's the that's the reason that they're fighting there in Stalsk 12 I see is I that understand this, that now for the first time yes this thing Thank you. <laughs> he he's going to leave it there for the future I see. so the the role of the reverse pincer maneuver is so that they can attack from the future and the past and tell the future can react um, because they've already seen what's happening, and then they can also tell the past what's going to happen so that they can yep. they have full yep. knowledge of the fight before and after it happens, um, and they can reverse pincer, time pincer through, and uh, retrieve the object... Um, take it out of the hole, separate it into pieces, and bury them again, and then uh, rever- keep them reverse entropied, and then they can go back in time and hide in the past where they never be found. And then also trigger the explosion so that the future thinks it happened, and Seder thinks it happened, and he can die, finally. Yeah, so that makes sense. There you go. John you go. is moving you explained forward it. in now time. Now I understand it. <laughs> well done. Okay, then I'm well, done. You succeeded. Heck yeah, dude. First that was time. my main hang-up, so now I get it. Yeah. So as for now, the now reason I'll that the army, know. that Seder's army is there, is is simple yeah. as they are protecting, they want the explosion thing to happen with the tool, the algorithm buried in the hole. Right, 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 right. right. So they're there to protect that. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, it's it's not super hard to understand like when you're telling me, but then like when you watch the movie, it's hard to keep up with what you're seeing and what's happening. Because mm-hmm. for example, like <clears throat> we should stop talking about this movie and move on to Oppenheimer. But when John, for the first time, when John reverses, when he goes through the machine mm-hmm. and then, so then at that point, you, we, the audience are observing John move forwards, backwards in time. You know what he's, I mean? He's perceiving time like, moving forward. He's everything around time him is going forward, backwards. But he's going backward. Yes. So like that's that's one of the things that like when you're watching it, it's like, what is happening? <laughs> because yeah. he's driving a car forwards, but he's moving, but it's going backwards actually. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's just like it's like hard to like I don't know. It's it's hard to follow it's in the complicated. moment when I'm yeah. when I'm watching it I happen. Getcha. Like bleh. yeah. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, I love the action in this movie and all the all the aspects of it's just so creative, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. And it's it's it's, it's fun to like as as the time folds and the characters like interact with themselves a couple times. It's mm-hmm. fun to go back to the earlier scenes and see if you can yeah. catch those moments. Or like um, one of my favorite things is early in the movie when they're in Freeport in Oslo, they mm. go there stuff, um, and they find the turnstile in the center of the thing and a guy just jumps out and it's John reversing himself during the time heist Yep. later in the movie. And he fights himself and the... The, per- the the person of him running backwards 
is fighting him, himself forwards in the past, mm-hmm. and his now forward version of himself is running away from Robert Pattinson. They they right. find each other. He knows that he, it's him, and he lets him go. Whatever happens there, right? Um, but then in the when both Johns are fighting each other, he him his forward self is stabs his backward self and later in the movie he starts ah like he starts getting yeah, pain yeah, yeah. right here and then he like right bleeding. before the heist he's bleeding and stuff and then we get to that point and he like stabs himself and then he pulls the knife out and his arm is healed because it yeah, hasn't happened yeah. yet even yeah. though time for him is still running forward relative to himself yeah it's crazy um, yeah <laughs> So it's like the, the wound reversed healed and then instantly healed because it yeah. hadn't happened yet. It's crazy. Which is cool. Yeah. It's so, a good movie. It's really fun. It, I like it a lot. Forwards uh, and backwards at the same and time. And the last one is Oppenheimer. It's pretty good, I guess. Whatever. We need to have a whole episode about it. It's yeah. amazing. So you can listen to that. Um, okay. <laughs> we got we to rank these. Okay? I know. We're, we're, we're probably over two hours already, huh? Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to... We can anyway. Let's just rank them and be yeah, yeah. okay. But I think we should probably just do. You just give me your ranking. We'll discuss, and then I'll give you my ranking, and we'll okay. discuss. You go. Um, okay. So my my list is as follows. We have at the bottom, The Dark Knight Rises. Garbage. Wow. Uh, then we have <laughs> Memento. Pretty fun. Wow. Uh, Loki. Uh, then at ten, I have Following. This one really hit me. I was like, this is fun. I like this. This is cool. Uh, Batman Begins. I got a soft spot for Batman Begins. I could like it. Killian Murphy's great. Uh, and you always fear what you don't understand, which I think is That's in the right. second movie, but whatever. Um, Insomnia went up a couple spots during our conversation because I was like, yeah, this movie's actually pretty good. That's wait. That's great. Heck yeah. Um, it's better than Batman Begins for sure. Yes. And then I have The Prestige, um, which probably will go above Dunkirk uh, the next time I watch it. So... Oh, tentative number five. Um, number six, I have Dark Knight, um, which is good. Uh, but, like, I don't know. It's a superhero movie. It's not a Nolan movie, you know? Um, and then exactly. I have, exactly. uh, in the top five, we have Dunkirk, which is fire. Uh, Inception, which is fire. Uh, Tenet, which is really good. Like, I I almost want to put it as an honorable mention uh, and give it just so I could give it five stars. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if it's really a top 10 worthy movie. Um, uh, and then I have my two, yeah. two Christopher Nolan movies that are in my top 10 movies of all time. I have Oppenheimer at number two and Interstellar, of course, at number one. Yeah. Interested why you put following above Memento. What do you like more about following? Um, I think the acting was better. Um, oh, yeah. I'm with you it, there. Yeah. Um, and I just like the twist more. Um, I thought Memento was just—I don't know. I—I I like the I, I premise said anticlimactic. Of, yeah, yeah. I think the 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 premise is really cool, but that's like kind of it for me for that yeah. one. I don't think a lot of the yeah. other stuff in it is really that great, and I think following just has a bit of an edge on it for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree, uh, but following is at the bottom of my list, list <laughs> just yeah, because I. Uh, I couldn't find myself paying that much attention to it, and it was kind of 
I don't know. It was just a lot of premise that I thought was cool, but at the same time, I was like, I'm not really. Uh, there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough visual, audio. I didn't like ent- that it was in black and white. It didn't thing. have to be in black yeah. and white. There wasn't enough to keep me engaged. Um, mm-hmm. And then my number. How many are there? This is eleven. Uh, number eleven, Batman Begins. I don't like it. Uh, number <laughs> number ten, Dark Knight Rises. Is like a little bit more than Batman Begins, um, because I don't I don't like the way Batman Begins look. It looks. It has this weird like orange glow, and it just it looks. It, I don't like it. It looks gross. You saying you don't like uh, Half Blood Prince? That uh, movie has a sort of a weird <laughs> orange glow. It does. Yeah, it does have sort of a weird orange glow. Um, that movie's amazing. Number nine, I have Dunkirk. Boring. Uh, I put Memento above it because I wasn't bored, and that's really the only reason I put it above it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like this was my the middle, a bit of a the middle take. two. Explain Inception. Explain Inception this low. Inception is uh, my number seven because I don't know how often I will rewatch it because I genuinely like after. After the first few times they explain how it works and then the first dream sequence where they do the cool stuff in Ariadne's dream, there's just not, I'm just not that, I'm just not vibing with them that much. Mm. Um, and that like could just be a factor of, like I said, like it, it might just be because I've seen it too many times. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it did not work for me as much this time around. Um, mm. I thought the characters were very like, one-dimensional, not that interesting. Premise is obviously is obviously great, but um, I feel like it, it could have... Well, here I am saying it could have been better. Um, <laughs> but I think it could have been better. I think it could have been better. I think it's... Inception and the Dark Knight are good mid examples of middle... Like, all, all of these yeah. are really good, in my opinion. Um, even though I don't like some of them, but... Yeah. Anyway, Dark Knight at number six... Um, yeah, top top of the middle section here. You know, it's like a lot a lot that I like, but um, a lot of the Batman stuff that I don't like. And there are much better Batman stories out there. Yeah. Um, then I have my top five Insomnia at five. Um, just really worked for me for whatever reason. I liked the vibe of it. I liked feeling the Insomnia with the characters and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Great murder mystery. Love the payoff. I like murder mysteries where the actual murder isn't the mystery and it's like how the characters kind of get out of the situation or get into the situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like knives out. Like it's not really at the end of the day, Arlen Thromby slit his own throat. You know that. And then it's right. all of the character interaction that make that movie so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tenet at number four. Um, it's probably a hot take that I put the prestige above Tenet at number three. Um, just because, like, I feel like Tenet, Tenet is one of one of the Nolan movies where, like, I'm not connected with really any of the characters that much emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Debicki is like the only character. Well, that's the actress's name. I don't remember her name's Cat, I think, who has like yeah. this kind of emotional um, character arc with her son um, and being in this abusive relationship. But other than that, like, the the main character doesn't even have a first name. I'm like, whatever. Um, I don't care about these guys, but the prestige, like Johnny Tennant, I care about these characters. Um, Johnny Tennant, Hugh Jackman, 
Christian Bale's best performance, in my opinion. I don't know. I, I feel weird saying that, but like it's my favorite Christian Bale performance. You don't have to feel Oppenheimer weird number that. two. Most people would probably say American Psycho, which <clears> is not actually a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Never will. Uh, Oppenheimer's my number two. Uh, we have a whole episode on it. It's insane. It is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, number one, Interstellar. Just like everything I love about movies and all of the movies that I like, like science fiction is like my favorite genre. So like we're here with Interstellar. Yeah. It all comes together so well. Like we talked about, ad nauseum. <laughs> ad nauseum, wow. Uh, this movie's pretty good, you guys. Christopher Nolan, you guys, yeah. he knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I just he want, does. I just want to know how he does it so I can do it also. What's he doing next? I wonder. Um, JFK. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you hear the teaser in the... Yeah, I heard the, the teaser, the post credit scene where JFK mm-hmm. shows up, turns around to yeah. the Avengers theme. Okay. Dude, it has been a trip. I've been sitting in this chair for a while. Um, I'm glad we did this. This was great. We, you know what? We actually fulfilled a goal we had to do this we one. Did. We've set goals in the past that have not come to fruition. X Men. Um, X Men. DC movies. Together. DC movies. <laughs> uh, Fast and Furious slideshow. Fast and Furious. Yeah. But we did Still this. Still working one. on that. That, that one's ever changing. That one's. It's it is just ever evolving. It yeah. only gets better as time goes on. Exactly. Uh, Jordan's Batman video. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that is, that's still around. That's in the tank. In the tank. Yeah. Uh, in the drink. So, oh, no. <laughs> um, so we're, 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 we're done with episode 63. Thank you guys so much for listening and we're watching. Done. We're done with it. Had enough of it. Um, come back uh, next week for that. an episode that very may well have a guest. Very may well. We Very, shall find out. It, yeah. I'm going to say there's a good chance they show up. <laughs> if we say um, it like it's a fact right now, then yeah. they have to show up. <laughs> okay, well, then you say it. Uh, next week, so we're going to have culpable. a guest, and they're going to share their favorite movies. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Wow, I'm excited. <laughs> Join us for that. You're going to want to be here mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> You're going to want to be here for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. And um, who knows? Maybe we will have more episodes of Ahsoka to talk about. Um, Hopefully, it's exciting. Star Wars is good again. And uh, Dave Filoni can have my children. I don't know. He's great. Yikes. I'm a big fan. <laughs> and uh, we're right. out of here, guys. Uh, okay. He's out. Thor Love and Thunder is pretty good. Okay. Uh, I mean, let's fire this thing back up. (laughs)